Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast, where we discuss films from every genre. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, listeners, to the fifth, yes, the fifth installment in our Rambo movie review series, which we started all the way back pretty much three years ago in 2016. Our very first reviews together, especially our first reviews together here on the podcast. So it's kind of cool. We're coming full circle, starting that back up, especially because Alan is back for the first time to review. Welcome back, Alan. I am. I am finally back. And it's interesting that it just so happened to be revolving around Rambo. Like, yeah, like you just mentioned, our very first retrospective. That's kind of crazy. It is. So today we are reviewing Rambo Last Blood, which was released September 20th, 2019. And yes, Sylvester Stallone did play a part in writing this movie and the direction of it like he seems to always do. Now, before we get into too many details of the actual film, I want to give you kind of a recap of what has happened between the last 11 years, because that's when the film Rambo 2008 came out. So right after Rambo 2008, news broke Stallone was writing a fifth film. OK, it was greenlit and it was just going to be titled Rambo the Savage Hunt where he would lead a team of special forces, or I've heard he and like a gigantic wolf or something would hunt a genetically modified creature. So it's in the, in the Arctic. So it's basically kind of like the thing or predator or Jurassic park, or better yet, probably more like Turok, the video game come to life. But interesting. That idea was scrapped. So they decided actually on the plot we are seeing today. They've been wanting to do this since 2008. Interesting. Okay. Well, not long after that, Stallone said he was done with the character because he thought audiences would see Rambo more so as this mercenary instead of a troubled vet. But in 2011, Sean Hood was tasked with writing a script titled Rambo Last Stand, which he claims would be a thriller more akin to the first film. Once again, this idea was scrapped because Stallone was working on Expendables 2. But in 2013, it was announced Stallone was working on a Rambo TV series. Uh-huh. So it is kind of coming full circle because we had a TV series, oh gosh, back in the 90s, I think? I know that there was definitely like, like a cartoon of Rambo, right? Yeah, we did. I did talk about the cartoon in one of our episodes. I'm not sure which one. So Stallone was developing a TV series and that TV series is still technically in the works, but I don't think Sylvester Stallone is attached. I think David Morrell, the author of the first book may be attached. And if, if it's to be believed, it says on IMDb, it is announced and it is titled Rambo new blood. But once again, the TV show that Stallone was working on in 2013 was canceled. Of course. And Stallone began writing a script in 2014, which, get this, Alan, he described it as no country for old men. Uh-huh. Yeah, he wishes. Yeah, okay. All right. So I'm trying to imagine this in my head, a uh, no country for old men, but the main character being replaced with a Rambo. That would be weird. It would be weird. I don't know how it worked to me. That just seems like total hype and total wishful thinking that you're going to make a Rambo film 
off, like giving it the same kind of feelings and greatness as the Coen Brothers Best Picture winner. Uh, right. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Anyways, Stallone and the people he was working with, they were going to call this film Rambo Last Blood, which actually wasn't original because Rambo Last Blood was previously used as the title of an online flash game developed by the Last of Us designer Peter Javidpour. Really? Yes. I actually didn't even realize that uh, there were any flash games for us. I mean, it's no surprise. That's interesting, but that a guy that would end up being tied up with The Last of Us is on that game. <laughs> yeah, I really was surprised by that as well. So once again, Stallone quit the script, and he pondered the idea of a prequel with a new star cast in the titular role. Well, in 2015... Um, he started working with so it's just alone started working with David Morrell, who wrote the first book, which is what the first movie is based upon, which is the one everyone loves. So here's an actual quote from David Morrell uh, very recently. In 2015, when Sly was working on Creed, he called me and asked to collaborate on a fifth Rambo film. Every weekend, though, March and April, we had many conversations. They went on for like 90 minutes to two hours, and I worked out a story, which we were thinking of in terms of film festivals. He wanted it to be a soulful journey. That's a word Sly likes to use, and it was. This was a really emotional, powerful story, which, which I can't talk about. He took it to the producers, and they said, no, we want to do a movie about human trafficking. That was the end of that story, so far as I know. Hmm. Okay, so now we see the seeds of the human trafficking plot come up, which is what it originally was. And that does make me sad that Sly and Morell were going to team up once again to create. If David Morell is saying it's going to be an emotional, powerful story, then I believe the author of the original book. Right, yeah, that would be very interesting to see what exactly that act, that story actually was. I don't think we're ever, it's ever going to make a... I don't, I don't think it's ever going to come out. No. Um just kind of how these things usually roll. But that would be very interesting to see that story, to see what exactly they thought uh, was correct for the Rainbow character. Because we have seen, you know, the last Rainbow uh, First Blood, which is just actually called, just called First Blood, is probably the purest Rainbow movie that we have, mm -hmm. um, with the next two kind of being different, uh, I guess, takes on the Rainbow character. And then the one from 2008 also being in that same camp. It'll be very, very interesting to see uh, what they come up with. Well, surprise, in a Variety article from 2016, Stallone said he was officially retiring from Rambo. Here's a quote. There's nothing left. When they asked me to do another Rambo, I said, if I can't do better than I did last time and I can't, then why? Okay, mm -hmm. so back to a David Morell quote once he heard about the fifth Rambo film coming out. Morell said, then to my great surprise, I learned that there's this fifth Rambo film being shot, which is not the story that Sylvester and I talked about. It is, in fact, a human trafficking story. So uh, once the human trafficking film all came to fruition, which I don't think we necessarily knew about judging by the trailers, it's kind of funny because the trailer was actually first shown at the Cannes Film Festival, which I don't really, it doesn't really have any place being there, I would say. I mean, it's just a big action film, but that's not what people were thinking at the time. So, and it was actually first being screened at all of these fancy film festivals. And 
judging off the trailer, I was reading articles, critics and reporters were saying this was going to be the next Logan or even Ooh. the best picture winner, Unforgiven. Whoa. <laughs> Don't tip your hand too early, Alan. I know, but that's it's <laughs> it's interesting to me that uh, I mean, okay, it's no surprise, and this happens after quite actually quite often that a m- bigger Hollywood pick production would be showing at film festivals like Cannes and TIFF and whatnot, uh, or even just the trailers. It's just interesting to me that uh, a Rambo film is getting this kind of praise because I don't think we've ever really seen anything since First Blood that is, I guess, you could be that could be considered uh, best picture worthy, especially not something that the Academy would pick up. Absolutely not. So I guess the only one positive thing coming from David Morrell, he was here's another quote. Uh, Morrell was initially excited to see Rambo as a rancher. Quote, they show him wearing a cowboy hat with a vest. I welcome that because when I wrote First Blood, I thought of it from the beginning as being a Western, a modern Western. If you look closely at it, this is the story of a gunfighter who wants to hang up his guns, but the local law won't let him do it. Okay, all of that being said, after the film was premiered to the public, David Morrell went and saw it, and David Morrell is ashamed to have his name attached to this project. I sent the article to you, Alan, which... uh, the initial trailer I thought looked fine. I thought it was interesting. They were bringing a new Rambo movie back. Um, but now I feel like I have amnesia all of a sudden. <laughs> and I don't, I feel like I don't ever remember even seeing promotional material for this or really even getting that excited per se. I think I was curious, but at the same time, it, it's just like, why? I mean, Sasha Stallone's like in his 70s and it's been so long. And I thought the fourth film. If we needed, if we even needed to bring things to a close, then right. I guess the fourth film did that. Right, yeah. I I don't think I ever saw a trailer for this. I, I did try to steer pretty clear of trailers um, anyways. So I I do remember, I forget who, if it was you or I, but one of us found that Rambo, The Last Blood, was in fact coming out. And it was kind of a surprise to both of us. Um, yeah. and of course we knew we had to record on it, but other than outside of that and the, uh, and after we'd scheduled this to record and you sent me that article, that was essentially the only thing that I had really heard about this movie, um, both in terms of like quality and what exactly it's all about. So going into this movie, I was relatively as outside of the article that I got from you. I was relatively pure on what exactly the, uh, thought is on this film. Like what critics and audiences are thinking about it. Yeah, I same here. I really didn't know what critics were thinking of it. All I knew is that if David Morrell thought that way, then it probably wasn't good. But then again, that's not always the case right. because Stephen King hated Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which people consider a horror classic, one of the greatest horror films. Right. So when I did go see this movie, I went in with a completely open mind. I I didn't really have any bias um, I, I was expecting it to not, I'll be honest, I was expecting this not to be a great film or per se, even a very good film. I was expecting kind of a middle of the road, mediocre film because that's what the previous three Rambo films were. Right. I was kind of in the same camp too. I went in not knowing much. I caught a glimpse of the IMDb score before I walked in. Um, but I think at the time it was closer to, I think a seven. If I want to say, um, 
so I had higher hopes, but at the same time, I had been rather disappointed with even the last two Rambo films that we had watched recently. And I don't really remember too much from Rambo 2008 outside of I thought it was just overly violent and thought that at the end of the day, it was nothing spectacular. So I didn't really know what to think going into this movie. I was thinking on one hand, uh, yeah, this could finally be the wrap up that I guess we needed for Rambo and it could be a genuinely good <laughs> film hearkening back to First Blood or it could go the opposite way where it's First Blood Part 2 but to a point where it felt a lot like Rambo 2008 but worse. Um, so I didn't really know what to think. I was kind of in the middle but I was hoping I was hoping it would be good. I guess I could say that. I was hoping it'd be good but I didn't know what I was going to see before I walked into the theater outside of the score that I'd saw and the fact that the author of the book was ashamed of the picture. I'm a little also confused on the casting and crew that they brought on here. The director is Adrian Grunberg. He's only directed one film before and it was Get the Gringo, right. kind of a Mel Gibson type of backed production. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Alan? I haven't seen it, but I've definitely heard of it. And he... He's actually been an assistant director, you know, second unit director for critically acclaimed Academy Award winning films right. such as uh, Morris Peros, Traffic, Collateral, Damage, Master and Commander, Man on Fire, remember that title for later, and Apocalypto, which was a Mel Gibson film. So Mel Gibson's kind of mentored him and has kind of been like, hey, you should go direct your own films. So here we are. Adrian Grunberg is directing his second feature. The writers are Matthew Serlinick, who his only really claim is Amazon Prime's TV show Absentia. Never mm. watched it. And of course, Celestia Sloan is writing, as always. The score is done by Brian Tyler, and he's composed a lot of movies you've seen, listeners. Oh, yeah. Very popular mainstream films, such as Iron Man 3, Avengers Age of Ultron, Eagle Eye, Battle Los Angeles. Yeah, he's all over the place with a lot of Hollywood pictures and being a composer on those. I know his name. I've definitely seen him around. Now, as far as the IMDb score goes, what users think of it, it has, a, I would say, a respectable 6.8. I'm quite surprised at that 6.8. Yeah, I was too, because I know I did look up the score before we started this podcast. And yeah, I, like I said, I, when I first saw it, it was closer to a 7. And then now it's at a 6.8, which is still a little bit above average. It's slightly above average. Average is around 6.5 or so. So a little bit above average here, and at least for IMDb. Yeah, and considering the previous Rambo film is sitting at a 7, which I think is fairly high for that film, right. but you can hear all of our thoughts on that in our previous podcast. And the Rotten Tomatoes score is abysmal. Abysmal. Oh, yeah. It's 27%. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's awful. And the only well-received film in the entire franchise is, of course, the very first film with an 86%. I am looking at the meta score right now. It's pretty close to the Rotten Tomatoes score at a 26. Oh, yeah. The meta score is awful. And I would say if if the meta score is this low, lower than the Rotten Tomatoes score, like that means I would say it's it's even worse. Yeah. Clearly, critics and are not fans of it. No, critics are not fans of it. They weren't fans of the previous films either. Right. The last film got a 37% Rotten Tomatoes. The, it got a 46 on Metascore. I will say the the last film got an A minus actually, whereas this film got a, a B. Ooh, I mean, so quite 
quite different. That is a bit higher than I guess I was expecting, but then again, yeah. I do see the IMDb score that is a 6.8, so that's not too surprising the more I think about it, with the cinema score being a B. Well, it does seem like reactions are all over the map. Yeah. Um, because I, I guess I should mention the audience score for this film on Rotten Tomatoes is 86% approval. Woo. Yeah, so it's like audiences quite like it. Critics pretty much hate its guts. And there's a lot of people in between. So it's, it's just really all over the place. There's really no no general consensus on what people think of this film. That's so interesting. No, it does have a budget of $50 million. Domestically, as of October 2nd, it has gross $35.7 million. Foreign markets, $24 million. For a worldwide total of $60 million. So technically, it's made back its budget with a $10 million profit. I mean, opening weekend, it was number three. So that should tell you people really weren't that excited to come back and see this film with only $18.8 million. Right, yeah. Opening weekend at, what is that, uh, like a... Like a fourth of their uh, of their budget. That's not very good. Okay. Also, fifty million dollars is rather expensive for, I guess, a rated R movie, especially of this caliber. I mean, I understand why where the money went came, went to in the movie, but fifty million does seem a little bit high to me for what this movie is and what audience it was going for. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. Uh, it does. I guess I don't think it looks like a $50 million film, or maybe it does. I think they could have cut the budget by a lot and took out a lot of the CGI violence, mm -hmm. um, which was unnecessary, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So okay. opening weekend, Downton Abbey came in at number one. Apparently, people are super excited for that. Ad Astra at number two, Rambo, It Chapter 2, and Hustlers. So as of the weekend, September 27th through 29th, that's all the data I have as of this recording, it has dropped to number six. So by the time you're listening to this, it will likely have dropped far down the charts would be my guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. And even then, it dropped from number three, which already is in a great spot uh, for a movie of this caliber, down to number six. It's not good. That's really not looking too good in terms of his box office earnings. Okay, listeners, we are about to jump into spoilers for Rambo Last Blood. Once again, if you haven't heard our reviews for the previous four films and you would like to listen to those before you hear our fifth installment, go ahead and click pause right now. Go check out those other four films and reviews. And of course, you can see Rambo Last Blood in theaters right now. And if you haven't already, click subscribe. Don't forget to do that as well. And if you check the description below, you will see links to our Facebook, our Twitter page, our YouTube page, our official website, where we do written articles and we do some great videos over there on YouTube as well. So don't forget to share with your friends and family. And if you are listening on iTunes right now, if you do enjoy this at the end of the podcast, uh, feel free to leave us five stars. That really does help us get noticed in the rankings for other people to find. So without further ado, we are going to talk about spoilers for Rambo Last Blood. It's been 11 years since John J. Rambo, reprised by Sylvester Stallone, returned to his father's home on a spacious Arizona ranch. He now lives with his adopted family, I guess, Maria Beltran, played by Adriana Barraza, 
who's like his sister to him, and niece Gabrielle, played by Yvette Monreal. Although he's come home to face his former life, he's still not over his problems. He has audible hallucinations back to his time in Vietnam and other heart-wrenching events, I suppose. So he takes medicine to help him cope. Also, he's constructed a vast underground network of tunnels where he spends most of his time making, you guessed it, large knives. Ramble's also a horse rancher and seems to lead a fairly peaceful life. Not long before Gabrielle is leaving for college, she hears from her friend Giselle, played by Vanessa Panetta, that she has found her father in Mexico. Wishing to reconnect with her absent father, she plans to head to Mexico to meet up with Giselle, but her Uncle John and Aunt Maria are staunchly against it. She disobeys, heads to Mexico, meets up with Giselle, and has her heart promptly shattered by the sinister dismissal of her father. Hoping to cheer her friend up, Giselle takes Gabrielle to a club where her drink is spiked and she is sold into sex trafficking. Rambo begins to worry she hasn't come back yet from what he assumes is another relative's house. Once he learns of her trip to Mexico, he heads down to find her. He uses Giselle to track her down to the man who trafficked her. He makes quick work of him by ripping out his collarbone and driving, <laughs> and driving to the traffic house. Meanwhile, Rambo is being followed by an investigative reporter, Carmen Delgado, played by Paz Vega. Her younger sister was also trafficked and died three years earlier due to a drug overdose. While on reconnaissance, Rambo is spotted and confronted by the nefarious Martinez brothers. Hugo, played by Sergio Paris Manchetta, and Victor, played by Oscar Hanada, the two who run the sex slavery trade. Rambo is outmatched 50 to 1 and is beat badly, including a severe scar on his cheek given to him by Victor. Because Hugo doesn't want him dead, he wants him to suffer until the end of his days, knowing there was nothing he could do to stop Gabrielle from being a sex slave. Carmen takes pity on Rambo and nurses him back to health at her house with the aid of a doctor. She points him to, which we never see again, she points him to where one of the main trafficking houses is where he goes to brutally murder the henchman with a hammer. Uh, maybe you're getting little vibes of, uh, you were never really here. We'll talk about it here a little later. A little bit. Yeah. I get a, some vibes from a few different movies, actually. <laughs> Especially with that hammer. Mm -hmm. He rescues Gabrielle, but on their way back across the border, she passes away from her drug overdose. With bloodlust and revenge covering his heart, Rambo sets up booby traps around his house, home alone style, and then returns to Mexico where he asks Carmen for the location of Victor. At Victor's house, he beheads him, cartel-style, off-screen. This prompts Hugo to assemble a small armada to assassinate Rambo at his house in Arizona. Knowing what's coming, Rambo has Maria leave for good. Once the, tar once the cartel gets there, he savagely massacres them one by one, leaving Hugo for last. Making good on his promise from earlier, Rambo literally rips out Hugo's beating heart, just as he metaphorically ripped out his. Oh, listeners, I wish you could see Alan laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But uh, during, the great. <laughs> during the entire fight, Rambo is wounded by a few bullets. He carries himself to a rocking chair on the house porch. As he monologues, he'll keep his loved one's memories alive, though they are gone as credits roll. Uh, did you stay for the uh, all the end credits until like the actual moving up the screen credits came out? Absolutely not. Okay. He lives. Okay. So it plays back, you know, just select Great. scenes from the older Rambo movies. And then at the very end, it gets to, you know, The Last Blood. And it shows him, like, 
I, th- I don't think it shows him getting off the chair, but you do see him getting onto a horse and then riding away. So I think that means he lives in the end. I'm sure it does. I've heard Stallone in a couple interviews saying this is not going to be the last film. Goodness. But we'll talk about that a little later. So right off the bat, I'm kind of struggling to find anything good to say. I, I don't want to start off completely negative at first, but right. I'll say the first half is fine. If you can pretend this isn't a Rambo movie, then it can pass as a mediocre direct-to-DVD action flick. So I guess seeing Rambo in a fatherly role is nice, and I'm even going along with the taken plot, like I said, for the first half. Yeah, and I'll agree with you on some of that stuff. I think that it's nice, especially after seeing four movies, uh, to finally see Rambo with like a family, which we kind of know is what he wanted there, especially towards the end of Rambo 2008. Um, it's nice to see him finally in a, with a family, actually settled down somewhere, and just kind of living a normal life as, mu- as normal as he can get it. Uh, now, he does so have flashbacks and stuff but that's also not too surprising given what he's been through so i i I do enjoy that i do like that fact that they finally gave rambo gave gave rambo what he wanted which is a family and a ranch yeah and not just to mention that but also i see they're trying to call back to the very first film Mm -hmm. where he's using his jungle warfare training in the tunnels right also those spikes that he carved up they make a return to that And I guess the one other thing that I like about the film is they do call attention to sex trafficking. There are movies that do it better, but they do call attention to it here. And it is a big issue in our country. And there is an issue about the borders. So I see they're trying to draw attention to that as well. I don't know if the whole issue with, you know, illegal aliens coming over the border is going to be changing anybody's mind in this Mm -hmm. film. Probably not. Um, I even know some reviewers are irritated about the film's politics, but I mean, Rambo has always been a product of its time. Right. Hence is tackling one of the homeland's biggest issues, that being the cartels using the Southern border to traffic drugs and sex. Right. Yeah. And I'll also say this, um, the movie never really bored me. I'll say that it's, that is in fact a positive I can give. Um, I never was bored now, to be fair, this and like every other Rambo movie, they're all pretty close to an hour and a half with the longest one being like an hour 42. I think it's Rambo three. Um, so they're all relatively short anyways. So another positive I can give, I was never really all that bored. Yeah, I wasn't bored either. I think I was always, I mean, I was always paying attention. I never got bored, but the film is not very long at all especially once you take out credits. And I think the reason we never get bored is because it moves along at a lightning pace. Yeah. And I did actually hear, for some reason, Stallone, right before the film's release, he cut almost 11 minutes out of it. Whoa. Um, Yeah, just because he was saying, I want us to get to the action beats. I want us to get to the main story beats. Audiences don't need all of this extra, you know, stuff to make the story make sense. We just need to push out the taken plot, essentially. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. That's very interesting because I know that this film is, I think I 
watched the time too, like the time that it actually began and the time that the credits began rolling. It was like close to an hour and 20 minutes uh, around oh, yeah. there. It's really short. Uh, it's getting, it's not, it's not 90 minutes um, with, if you take off credits, of course. But cutting out 11 minutes from an already pretty short movie is, I mean, I, I feel like that's a lot of missing. And I can, especially now that you mentioned it, I can see where some of this stuff went missing. There are oh. there are pretty easy chunks that should be there, but just aren't. Yeah, I mean, there are glaring plot holes in this film. And yeah. just character arcs are ended abruptly. Uh, I mean, they also don't even take time to set up who these characters are. They act like, oh, of course we know Aunt Maria and Gabrielle. Yeah. How could we not? Right. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm entirely confused here in the beginning who these people are. I, I was kind of liking where they're doing the classic. It's kind of an old thing where the camera sweeps through the home and you kind of get caught up with pictures and kind of get established with the sense of life. I understood that. But then they don't ever give you any sort of defining backstory moment with these characters to right. say, like, remember when I came back here and you took me in or I helped you with that? It was, it was like, no, I don't because it never happened. Right. Yeah. I know that like for people who are new to Rambo, who have maybe never seen a Rambo movie before, it might be a little bit confusing as to why this is, I guess, a bigger deal to somebody else who has seen all the Rambo movies. Because like I mentioned in the opening or in just a, bit of a little bit ago, it is nice to see Rambo with the family. However, you are correct. They never really give too much of a backstory as to where this family comes from uh, and why it's a big deal and why there are tunnels underneath the farm. Just small things like that aren't really given time to like just explore and maybe give a any kind of reason as to why they exist. Their issue with characters here is this movie, uh, I think, is a 101 in how to not write side characters. Because there are, I think, almost every single side character that's in this movie outside of Gabby and uh, Rambo and maybe even Maria, uh, they are there for one thing and one thing only. And when that thing is done, they're written out of the script. And so, uh, like, most of them don't have any kind of arc at all. So it's just kind of a bunch of random characters just there for being a plot device. And then when they're done, they are gone. And that's it. It's in the, that happens like yeah, you're four exactly, or five times. Oh, yeah, you're exactly right. They are just plot devices. They're simply meant to move the plot along and give Rambo a reason to pull out his big knife and brutally stab and murder people without giving really any emotional thought or weight to the consequences or what we're actually experiencing and going right. through. I mean, everything is telegraphed so much like, like we're watching a children's cartoon. Oh yeah. It's it's so unbelievable how transparent this plot is. I, I was really surprised. So when Gabriella does want to go see her dad, first of all, it's pretty obvious that her parents, I guess you could call them, are kind of pushing her so hard not to go that of course she's going to go. I mean, how could you not see that coming? Oh yeah. But then her dad is so sinister to her. I understand there are fathers that really do treat their daughters that way, but the way it's portrayed along with everything else is just extreme. Yeah, it, what it is, especially in this scene too, and this is a good example of a lot of the movie, it's a tone problem because 
what they do here is they set it up as the dad is surprised to see his daughter and may not be as bad as uh, as Uncle John has been telling has been telling him telling her that he is. And then when she asks the question as to why did you leave mom and I, then the scene switches and automatically he becomes just the worst kind of person and says, because I saw because I looked at you and your mom and thought you were worthless to me. That's like a line in this movie. It's what it is, especially in this scene, what it is is a tone problem. This movie switches tones so fast and so hard that it's it's jarring and I mean also kind of leaves you in the dust in terms of what exactly builds emotional stakes here. I thought it was hilarious how when her father does turn that flip that oh, switch, yeah. like you said, he steps forward and he's like in this really dark blue shadowy sinister light and i'm i thought oh my goodness they they even changed the lighting so we are clear on his villainous characteristics yep and you're right it 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 comes out of nowhere because he's like oh hey what what are you doing here oh my gosh you know i haven't seen you in years and i really couldn't believe what was going on but i thought the only way this may have maybe justified is if he was going to if he was going to be the one to sell his daughter into yeah. sex slavery that's exactly what I thought this movie was going because, okay, from the beginning, when she, when Gabrielle mentions that, you know, she wants to go visit dad in Mexico, from then on, I knew for a fact that she's going to go to Mexico, something's going to happen, most likely with the dad, and that Rambo is going to have to go and save her, right? And for the yes. most part, I was right. That's not really hard to, you know, guess. And no. so <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking, okay, well, that means that dad's going to sell her into sex, sex slavery. And that was my initial guess. They hadn't even mentioned slavery at this point at all in the movie. So this never does come out that the dad does do this. But basically, once, the, once she's done with the dad, that's all he's there for is to yep. just be the, the line that gets Rambo from his home to find Giselle because he knows that Giselle was going to help Gabrielle find her dad. That's only thing he's really there for is just a, a line that connects Rambo to Giselle. He could have been completely written out of this movie, to be honest with you. And nothing really would have changed at all, except just to get Gabrielle into Mexico, which I don't think would have been a big, a big, a big deal to replace. My other theory was the dad wasn't even going to really be there. It was all I thought it was going to be a ruse by yeah. Giselle that she was using her friend to trick her into coming down and then she was going to sell her and Gis uh, Gabrielle was going to go up to that apartment and they were going to abduct her there. Right. Once again, that doesn't happen. The dad is just there because Gabrielle is, is sad. So Giselle's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Let me cheer you up. And I, it's just incredibly sloppy how it's all thrown together. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, I was really expecting Rambo to say she is an adult. If she wants to go talk to her father, then that's something she probably needs to go through. But there's no way in the world I'm going to let you go down to Mexico all by oh, yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'll go with you, especially because he's like your dad beat your mom into a coma and then he wasn't there when she died for cancer and then yet they think oh there's no way she's gonna still go she must have listened to us i mean like i said this is like a cartoon yeah and especially when she essentially telegraphs that she's leaving to go to mexico when she's getting into her car to go yep. visit a friend's house and says hey uncle john sorry about everything earlier like 
that to me that's very telegraphed that she's going to leave and she's actually going to go to Mexico and she's not going to go see her friend. To me, that's like red flags are being thrown up all over the place. I got to say, I was also really bothered by the awful green screen whenever they were driving um, in the car. Like uh, clearly, they're not driving. Clearly, they right. got some cruddy CGI drive-by woods going along, and. I I also was really disappointed. This movie looks really low low rent, just low budget all around. It looks very direct to DVD. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. It's there are in, not just in terms of how it looks, but also like how it's edited and even times how it's shot. The editing in this movie is pretty pretty bad. Um, there's like, there are scenes and there are random shots thrown in here that do absolutely nothing. Like there's a shot when people are walking up the stairs and the camera like focuses on like this painting on the staircase that's like a face. And then later there's a scene when the lady is following Rambo, who's chasing after one of the sex slavery guys. Uh, and there's a shot of her in her car following them, but she's completely out of focus. But the movie just runs with it and then cuts to the next thing as if nothing <laughs> happened. Oh, yeah. I, I actually completely forgot about that until you brought that up. I couldn't believe they used that shot. was like one yeah. of the most out-of-focus shots I've ever seen in a film. It's horrible. I have never <laughs> seen something that bad. Like, okay, I've seen... There are times where like, a shot in a movie is like kind of out of focus. But you really yeah. don't notice it, usually. This one, it's like, how could you not notice it? It's pretty bad. Oh, it's awful. Okay. The other thing that also really bothered me was Rambo's character arc is pretty much diminished or entirely destroyed from previous installments. So in the last film, he found redemption by saving a group of Christian missionaries right. and his faith in humanity was restored and his place in the world was kind of found once again. We kind of started that restoration process. Here he tells Gabriella he hasn't changed. He's just keeping a lid on it. I thought you're trying to sound macho, but instead you are you're ruining everything. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and to that same effect, uh, there this movie seems to be on this idealistic plane that once you're bad, you can't be good anymore. Because the same thing happens with dad. They say, "Dad, he'll never be a good man to you and your mother," and he never was a good man to you and your mother. Then later, yeah, they do mention that Rambo, he, I can never change. I actually might be a little bit earlier, but he says, I'll never change. I've always stayed the same, roughly. It, it seems to be on this plane that once a man turns evil, he cannot be redeemed or cannot change to become good. It's it's weird that this movie has this kind of stick. It's like, even not just idealistically, but also when it comes to writing, they just, they just, there just can't be an arc anywhere. Yeah, and that's a huge contradiction from the previous film because right. that's where Rambo began, where he's still really just a really dark person. But then he does save these people and he's like, I'm going to go back home and start this restoration process. And he seems to have kind of become a better person. But nevertheless, he's like, I'm just keeping a lid on it. Like, go oh, give me stuff, your macho bull honky. We don't need any of it. Okay. And once again, if I didn't know this film was called Rambo, I wouldn't even think this was Rambo, the oh, character John yeah. Rambo. Absolutely not. This is probably the least Rambo movie that has ever been made so far. At least in the in the four that exist, this is the least Rambo-like movie that we have, guaranteed. 
once again, I'm just really shocked by not only the plot where they really wanted to take it, but also how really nothing is accomplished in this film. So I think we were all expecting Rambo, this being called Last Blood, for him to die in the end. So he really needed to die for a worthy cause. I think he should have died saving essentially his adopted daughter. Instead, her death is pointless in this film. Pretty much. It's there so we can get revenge on the guys who did this to her. But here's kind of the thing about Rambo that has been built up until literally this point in the story of Rambo is that he always goes into a, a country to help out in some kind of political move, right? So he goes there to try and fix some political issue. Uh, that never really happens in this one. He goes there to save his adopted daughter. And then, of course, she dies. And then he wants to get revenge on that, which isn't really fixing the issue. It's kind of just making things, just clearing out one thing in the sea of who knows how many actually exist of like of people of this type. It is not really following the same mold that has been constructed for all these years. Where I think it could have kind of fixed that pattern or could have fixed what we were just talking about is by better using the character of Carmen because she has supposedly been researching this for three years. We're thinking she's going to give this huge expose to somehow take them down. But no, she never comes back, nor is she ever really much of a help, except she says, oh, I there's a house there. So he goes and murders and saves Gabrielle. I, I get really confused on the timeline here, but then he comes back to her and she all of a sudden has this really defeatist attitude. And yeah. she says, <laughs> I, like her character just totally changed. And she said, what's what's this going to do? You just have to grieve and move on. And he's like, no, I'm not going to grieve. I'm going to get revenge. Yeah. And and then she just is gone from the movie. Yeah, she says that... What does she say exactly? It's in the effect of, yeah, like you just mentioned, you nothing really can actually be changed. Once again, going back to that kind of mindset this movie has where once you are some way, you can't change. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's an entire scene missing here where... Somewhere along the lines from the last time Rambo met her to this time when Rambo finally comes back to her, that her ideal, that her ideals in terms of how she's wanting to handle the situation with these men that she knows are leaders in this sex, in this sex, uh, what is it, trade? Yeah. That before she was willing to, you know, hopefully take them down and expose them. Whereas now when Rainbow is talking with her, she's completely dropped that and doesn't really go down that route anymore. It's kind of a huge change in her character from literally more, no more than about 10, 15 minutes of screen time to now. There's clearly something missing here. Maybe a scene that was ripped out in editing that uh, Sylvester Stallone went in and removed. Well, also his acting when Gabrielle dies is horrible oh yeah (laughs) i mean i'm i'm sad she died but i can't really grieve emotionally with the film because his acting is is awful i mean he i don't believe him whatsoever he doesn't even try to sell it it's in some ways it is kind of a funny scene because he just keeps talking and just keeps talking and stuff i'm like it is (laughs) it is kind of funny (laughs) he's like don't fall asleep 
And then he just keeps rambling on. And I'm like, but once again, this is also very much a cliche where clearly one character is passing away and the other one is wistfully reminiscing about one of their past or whatever. And then they just look right. over and their loved one's gone. Right. Um, the other thing is, I think Gabrielle should have lived and been a positive, positive example of how women can overcome that trauma. Because right. I do actually know a woman who is who is really an, an incredible inspiration, and she does go around speaking. And uh, she was a part of sex trafficking for five years, but she really Oof. didn't let that uh, destroy her. She's an incredible Christian that uh, is is using that as a inspirational aspect. But once again, this movie, uh, they kind of just throw Gabrielle under the bus. She has to die so we can just watch Rambo slaughter people. Pretty much, yeah. It's gross. And then also, again, Gabrielle never really learns anything. She learns that, you know, okay, to be fair, her only goal as a character in this movie is to get to see her dad so she could understand why dad left, right? That's achieved within 15 minutes. Once that happens, her character becomes completely stagnant and is nothing but a motivation for Rambo to try and actually do things in this movie. And he that's why he goes into Mexico. Because from f- about minute 15 to the very end of the movie when she dies, she, does, she doesn't learn anything. She doesn't do anything outside of whatever she's been forced to do. It's, once again, a, a, one in, a 101 on how to not write side characters. Yeah, and... Uh, I don't know if there's any very helpful women or positive portrayals of women being able to actually do much of anything in this film. I was disappointed with that. And I know also people are disappointed that there seems to be no positive portrayal of any uh, Latino man. Yeah, that's true. There really is all evil. Mexico, I've I've seen this criticism that Mexico is kind of portrayed really poorly here, uh, just all the way around, um, specifically in just the context of the movie, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and the thing is, it seems like with some of these Rambo films, nothing is nuanced. Everything is black and white. Yeah, it's just they're they're all evil, or we have to stop them, or something. And I don't know. It's it, that's just really poor script writing in character portrayal you can't make one group of people all evil you just can't do it you you right. have to give you you have to give the audience a positive example a redemptive example of what they shouldn't be the opposite of it but we we don't get that unfortunately and what i was thinking of throughout this whole movie was yes i was thinking of taken because it's basically the plot of taken but Pretty much exactly T to T from the beginning to about the about 20 minutes from the end. It's essentially taken. It's essentially taken. But yeah. even more than that, I was also thinking of Tony Scott's Man on Fire, which mm. takes place in Mexico City, where Denzel Washington is tasked with being the bodyguard for Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning is kidnapped by the Mexican cartel and Denzel Washington has to save her. But that is actually a really powerful story of Christian redemption, a really incredible uh, Tony Scott film with Denzel Washington, Man on Fire. And it takes place in Mexico. And I thought, are you kidding me? Like, what a what a lazy thing to just rip these movies off. And then I couldn't even believe it when he runs into the 
the sex slave house and he starts uh, destroying people with a hammer. Yeah. What did like, uh, we see what? last year that kind of made me, that that was the exact same thing. <laughs> right. Last year we saw Joaquin Phoenix in a little film you may have heard of called You Were Never Really Here. Yep. Go and save a young girl from a sex slave house and he murdered them. Well, he killed them all with a hammer. Right. Just like in this film, a complete ripoff. Right. I don't even know where Rambo got that hammer from. It's like he has some bottomless Skyrim bag that he just <laughs> pulled it out of or, or some Lynx bag. Yeah. And he just started started hitting me with a hammer. Here's another question I have. Um, okay. I can understand how Gabrielle would get into Mexico, right? It's possible that she's been there before. I don't know if this is true, but I can understand why she'd be able to get into Mexico. What I don't understand is how Rambo got into Mexico because he absolutely has weapons with him, which I know for, as far as I'm aware, they do check the car before you cross the border <laughs> if there are anything, do. if there isn't any, anything illegal because we know that there is quite a bit of drugs that have been smuggled in the past across the border. So how Rambo got into Mexico twice with weapons, I have no idea how that, how that, how he even got in. I noticed that in my first viewing, I was like, wait a minute. He can't bring a pistol <laughs> into Mexico, I don't think, without having some kind of clearance, which I wouldn't think that they would give him. Oh, absolutely not. You have to completely suspend almost all belief in this film if you're going to even yeah. go along with it for five minutes. Because when Gabrielle crosses the border, it she just like goes through pretty easily and it looks fairly empty. And it's always jam-packed. Yeah. And then I did, you're right. Rambo has a gun in the dashboard and a giant Bowie knife or whatever. No problem. And then the there's a like a armed cartel militia coming towards his house. And I'm thinking, really? Like they got over the US border with all their cars and weapons. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just ridiculous to the it's just unbelievable. Now, okay, when it comes to the cartel, I believe that they have underground tunnels that goes underneath the border. Um, it's not edited very well, so I could be very wrong, <laughs> but that's just the way that it looks. So I can understand how they got to, how they got across the border and were able to move into Rainbow's house, or were able to at least drive somewhere with, uh, with weapons in the back. What I don't understand, though, is how they unknow where Rambo is. There seems to be a ton of convenience in this movie, not just that the cartel knew where Rambo was, uh, but also that that lady followed Rambo because she saw him looking at one of the guys that she's been searching for. Uh, you've yeah. also got, uh, you know, how Rambo even knew where Giselle was to find out where his daughter is. There are a lot of conveniences in this movie. Yeah, there's so many conveniences because based on a look, you can know what's about to happen. You can track <laughs> yep. them down. Or based upon someone's driver's license, they found his address. Okay. And you're you're right. They did go under the tunnels. I, I had no idea what I was watching at the time. Um, I guess I didn't realize. I guess I thought they were going down to their weapons storehouse. I didn't think they were literally walking underneath the border. But... Right. Um, the other thing that I did think was funny is I did listen to now playing's review of this film and Arnie brought up what you said about them going underneath in the tunnels and coming back up. And I couldn't even picture the scene. 
And Jacob in the podcast said, are you sure that was in the movie? Are you sure you didn't see the international cut? Because I don't remember that at all. And there's like so many scenes in this movie that I don't remember or the editing is just out of place. Um, I think one of the most notorious scenes that are that's out of place is when Rambo starts preparing his house with the Home Alone traps before he even goes to behead Victor and gets the cartel angry at him. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. Hey, I remember he just and I, I was thinking there needed to be some kind of scene where they either talk on the phone and he's like, you know, come and get me or I'll be waiting or they're like, we're right. coming for you. And then he starts preparing. But no, he prepares and then he beheads Victor. And then they oh, then they right. just in the next scene, they're already driving over to get him. You're and I right. Thought, I mean, it's good to be preemptive, but I thought that is not how you edit the movie together. It doesn't make any sense. You're right. I do remember this. Yeah, he does be. Yeah, you're right. He does behead Victor after he's already set up a strike. That's funny. Like he, I guess he figured that would be just enough for them to cross, to come over and try and kill him. <laughs> That's Yeah. The editing of this movie is just really bad all the way around. Uh I've already mentioned some shots that just don't make any sense that are there for reasons I still have no idea why. But even then, in terms of just like plot events just are in weird spots. Uh, did you happen to think of Home Alone at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When he was setting up all those traps with the montage playing in the background, I was like, okay, this is pretty much adult. Not even adult Home Alone. It's more like a man... It's Rambo's Home Alone. I guess this, that's the only way I can explain it. Speaking of I montages, did. though, there are like, what, three or four in this movie? Yeah, they're awful. Which is ridiculous because it's an hour and a half. It is an hour and a half. And we really, we don't need montages because we already have a montage of Kevin McAllister setting up his house. So <laughs> I think that's pretty much good enough. Yep. And it is kind of funny if you go to the main IMDb page, the IMDb uh person asked Sylvester Stallone was he inspired by Home Alone <laughs> he asked him that okay and so apparently Stallone claims he doesn't even remember the events of the Home Alone movie and he found it to be a novel idea setting up booby traps around your property to defend yourself that that is exactly what he said and it's not novel that's not novel at all I hate defend the home front plots I hate them as climaxes I already saw it this year already with Hobbs and Shaw. I've oh, seen no. it so many times. There's even literally a movie with Jason Statham and um, I can't remember his name. Oh, James Franco called Homefront. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying where you got to defend your home, leave it at home alone. All right. Well, since we're here at the end, uh, there's a lot of violence, uh, especially in this ending scene. Oh, yeah. I would argue violence that, uh, yeah, just does a, just a little bit. <laughs> I would argue violence that, um, how do I put this? Is getting close, if not over the line of being sadistic, because oh, there's yeah. just so much and it's so violent that not only is it cartoony, but it's also like, holy crap, that's a, that's a lot of human. Well, it's dehumanizing, yeah. which really ruins it for me because I want to see these bad guys get their comeuppance. That's why I was really surprised when of all the violence, we don't even see him behead Victor in the shower. It just cuts away. Right. And then you see his body on the bed and I thought, Oh, okay. I, 
well, I don't know if I really wanted to see that. And then he drops his head on the road for some reason. It's so stupid. Um, anyways, you're right. I would say this is probably the goriest film I've seen. And yes, I've seen all the Saw films. And I would say to me, this one comes across as even worse, maybe because it's jam-packed in there all within the span of, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. But I I don't think you and I are particularly squeamish, Mm-mm. Alan. Uh, I'll let you speak for yourself, but I was quite squeamish watching some of this. I really didn't take any pleasure uh, sitting sitting there at all. The only scene that really ever made me kind of squeamish was the scene when he literally rips out the guy yes. almost, and almost breaks it off, rips out his collarbone. That was probably the one. That was probably the only scene where I'm just like, "Oh, cakes!" I'm not a big fan of broken bones. The rest of this, I didn't really didn't really get into me in terms of me, making me squeamish, but I was just more like, "What am I watching?" This is right. once again so far from what Rambo actually is. I, it's hard for me even to consider it to be a Rambo movie. Yeah, maybe the better word would be I was I was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I would say and not because I not I it's just so gross and dehumanizing and when he when he's pulling out his collarbone over the top. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? Yeah. You're ripping out his collarbone and then especially by the end I was done when he rips open his chest that would be extremely hard to cut through your your rib cage and chest cavity anyway and pull it back and his heart is still beating and he's still alive i mean that that is stupid that's cartoonish right there it's ridiculous that's what it is it's it it is stupid and ridiculous it's i think i can understand he's trying to hone in the 80s to some degree mostly rainbow 2 um but again it it's so stupid that it totally backfires because it's supposed to be like this crowning achievement, this moment when he finally is able to show and re- have get revenge on the man who killed his adopted daughter, right? Problem is, right. when he literally rips out the man's heart from his chest to signify this is what it feels like when you what when when you did what you did to me, it's totally it's totally backwards. It, it completely makes the scene as powerful as it should have been, almost as and the complete opposite as funny as it really is. Yeah, it was quite comical actually to watch him literally do that. And I guess the last time I saw that was in Last of the Mohicans, but it was off screen. Right. All we saw was Magua holding his heart, but that's like a villain move. Magua is the villain of that movie. Right. Whereas we're supposed to be cheering Rambo on and glad about it. But honestly, I can't cheer him on and have a good time watching people just be gorily eviscerated it's just it's just taking it way too far oh yeah not to mention i have no idea how this film didn't get an nc-17 oh yeah no i'm sure it got relatively close it's just stupid because the movie literally just continues to just spawn guys for it to kill off there's no reason (laughs) for them to be there it just keeps showing all these things every trap that he sets up it does come back and is used at some point in this ending scene and then there are a couple of scenes when Rambo already has a guy killed or a couple of guys killed, but then he shoots them anyways. There's one where he shoots a guy with, I think, his sawed-off, sawed-off uh, double-layer shotgun and then shoots up my gin on the way out. Then there's another oh, scene yeah. when two guys fall into a pit of spikes. 
were already dead. And he hops out yeah. there with an automatic and just unloads almost an entire magazine on them for reasons I have no idea why. Oh, oh, it's horrible. And I did think it was interesting because there was a quote where Sylvester Stallone was saying, I don't even know how the previous film Rambo got an R rating. Um, he's like, we were really like pushing it to the limit with how much violence we could get. And I already thought that film was far too violent for my oh, yeah. taste. Yeah. And this one goes way over the line. It goes even further. And I guess I'm really troubled by the fact that Rambo in the previous film, it really wasn't about him getting revenge. It was kind of more about him protecting people and kind of just coming to the culmination of a very violent life. In this movie, he just pretty much gives into revenge. He explicitly states, yeah. I'm ready to give into revenge and promote it. I don't even understand why Sylvester Stallone is going there as well. Um, I, especially judging by his character in the last film and uh, a, a few years ago when the film Rocky Balboa came out, my dad and I were actually on a conference call with Sylvester Stallone and he was saying how he was kind of really coming back to his roots in Christianity and he really wanted to make portrayals of redemptive characters and that's exactly what we saw with Rocky Balboa and right. with Rambo. But with this, it's just a complete 180 with everything. So I'm wondering if it's just a payday and he doesn't care anymore or what's going on. I yeah, I honestly have no idea. It's just ridiculous because okay, if you're gonna have this level of violence, have a good reason for it. They try to give a reason here, but because of the villains that they've crafted, uh, they don't really elicit much emotion because, like you would, like we had no. mentioned earlier, uh, everything's so black and white that there's no real middle ground here. So. When it gets to this ending scene, there is not much emotion that I really, there's not much there. I don't really care about these bad guys because they're already cartoons anyways. And at the same time, the violence here is so ridiculous and so over the top and so, and so visceral that I'm being pulled out of the movie because it is, because it doesn't have much of a reason to be here. That's just kind of my bottom line. There really is no good reason for this level of violence to be in this movie at, at this moment in time with what we were given Building up to this moment. My only guess is maybe they're trying to appeal to the younger video game generation because this very much felt like the 1v4 type video games where like uh, Friday the 13th or Dead by Daylight where you are this killer and you are running around trying to kill these people. And this doesn't feel more like Rambo to me. He felt much more like a jason Voorhees or a michael myers character the way he just pretty much mindlessly lumbered around murdering people and not to mention he perfectly can just know where these people are in the tunnels when the traps right. are being set i don't know and not to mention this is a lionsgate film they did make the saw films rambo sure does make a lot of jigsaw style traps here yeah <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> um so i don't know i was shocked at this point if i i had already turned against the film before all of this and this really because like i said i was going with it i thought you know what this film really isn't that bad in the beginning it's pretty mediocre but i can have fun with it will i own it yes and then once gabrielle dies and he gets beat up and i'm kind of seeing i'm like oh really like this is really not i thought he was going to save gabrielle in the third act and he was going to die saving her no, she dies right around the middle point, I guess. 
at that point, I start to turn against the film and this solidifies I'm definitely not for this film, nor would I ever watch it again. Right. I, um, for me, mm, when did I turn against this movie? It was probably when uh, I started to realize what exactly is going on here, which is uh, this was not that original. So pretty early on, it was about the time when Gabby was all like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go see dad in Mexico. Or I want to see dad. He's in Mexico. That was when I was like, all right, I know exactly where this movie's going uh, plot wise. So at that point, I was like, and the acting here kind of in general wasn't really all that good uh, really from anybody. Uh, so when it got to that point, I was like, all right, well, oh, we'll see where it goes. But I, I'm not too excited to see a movie that I pretty much predicted up until like the last, what I thought would be, or I had predicted up until the last hour, um, I last half an hour. So from then on, I was like, all right. And then, yeah, once that ending scene, actually once the collarbone scene came up and then later when he went into that, uh, to that, the house where everybody else was at and started killing people with a hammer, that was when I was like, all right, well, this is a movie that I'm watching right now. And then of course the last half an hour happened. Well, Alan, what is your rating and recommendation for Rambo Last Blood? So when I saw Rambo for the first time, I went and I took two of my roommates with me. Uh, one of my roommates I had shown First Blood to uh, no more than a few days before we left to see this movie. So he at least had some kind of history as to where Rambo came from. And even he was surprised to see Rambo start off with more of a middle of the road kind of violence instead of what would happen later in Rambo 2, the more stereotypical Rambo. Uh, then I took another roommate with me who had never seen any Rambo at all. He knew him by name, but other than that, he'd not really witnessed anything. And they both had around the same reaction. They both loved this movie. I didn't voice too much for my opinion uh, at the time, but it kind of began to realize and I kind of began to understand as to why the divide between uh, critics and audiences is so, di is so diverse here. Uh, they're not huge in the movies like I am. I'm pretty big into movies. I think that's pretty obvious from the podcast that I do on a weekly basis now. Um, I don't like this movie. And that's mostly because a lot of it seems very, very pointless. There's not, I mentioned this in the ending, there's not much, there's not much emotional weight here at the very end in this last 30 minutes for to, for to justify what exactly it's being, what exactly it's portraying. As, along with bad acting and a really poor script, I can't not recommend this movie at all. Uh, anyways, no, it's not a recommend, uh, two out of 10, uh, yeah, not recommend. And even if this does depict that this man can't be redeemed or like men in general, like you said, can't be redeemed, then I'm, I'm going through breaking bad again right now. And that has a cautionary tale at least to it. And this right. film doesn't have that cautionary tale right. of look at this, uh, pretty much desecration that you have to live with in the aftermath of all these like horrible life choices. And Rambo doesn't even like reflect back on the rest of his life at the very end, sitting there in the rocking chair, which is very disappointing. But that being said, Rambo last blood is a pitiful cash grab meant to capitalize on name recognition alone. Audiences are provided with no meaningful conclusion to the damaged Vietnam vet. Instead, we are treated to scores of gratuitous dehumanizing violence a shoddy patchwork script that a grade schooler could have written and no clear message except we got to do something about the crazy Mexican cartels and that something is lure them to your home so you can massacre them and get revenge, I guess. I mean, what happened? What is the point of this film? I'm incredibly disappointed with Sly Stone. 
He clearly has no standards when it comes to the projects he'll take, and he's willing to tarnish a beloved character just to get a payday, apparently. This is a disgusting film, one better left forgotten. Rambo Last Blood is hopefully the last film in this abysmal saga. It receives three stars out of ten with a strong not recommend. Okay, well, I do kind of want to talk about the uh, title real quick. Uh, so we have First Blood, makes sense. Uh, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, which I know we talked about and thought it was a weird title. Not very good. And then we have Rambo Last Blood, which in my mind is also the worst title that we have because it's a weird play on First Blood and also is not really the last, not really the last we, I think we should have gone out on. Oh no, the callback makes absolutely no sense because First Blood, he even calls it on the very first movie, he says, they drew First Blood, not me. Okay, he doesn't even say anything like they drew Last Blood or I'm going to draw Last Blood. Yeah, right. it doesn't make any sense. It has nothing to do with the original films. The title doesn't make sense. None of the titles ever make any sense because we have we no. have First Blood, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Rambo 3, Rambo, and now Rambo Last Blood. I mean, who names a movie Rambo 3 and then you name your next movie Rambo and it's a sequel? How does that make any sense? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird because also with Last Blood, you there really are no callbacks to the first movie, like what he dealt with. No, I mean... They have nothing to do with each other, even though the titles seem to suggest that there is some kind of connection between them, but in reality, there is nothing. Well, and they're trying to play off this very in, in the beginning of the movie, these halluc like audible hallucinations, and he's taking medicine. Mm -hmm. None of that comes into play towards the end of the film whatsoever. It It's just yeah. a really cheap trying to call back to his character but of course it abysmally fails because they don't even care to give it any more depth or screen time any sort of exploration right. i'm i'm kind of worried this is not going to be called or this is not actually going to be the last film because of yeah. course stallone spoke in another interview where he said a future film will explore him having issues this is his his is his words having issues of ever getting close to anyone again but he will find someone to mentor and pass along all his skills. Oh, great. But of course, he has like 12 different ideas for the direction of the franchise at once. And the director of this film says this comes full circle and closes the Rambo narrative. But Stallone says he's either going to do a sixth film if this, if this does well. And in it, he may take refuge on an Indian reservation. So maybe that's where he'll find his protege or he'll do a prequel with a young man. Cast... Or, oh, I'm sorry, but he also wants to do a prequel with a new young man cast as Rambo, and it would involve him in high school and show his life pre-Vietnam, but then show how Vietnam changed him if done right. Uh, I think that could be interesting. Interesting. That will be kind of interesting to see if that ever comes to light. I kind of hope not. I kind of hope Rambo is just done, but... I guess we'll see. It really depends on uh, what Sylvester Stallone and whoever else wants to pick up the picture, what they decide to do with it. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on review of Rambo Last Blood. We do want to know what you think about this movie, whether you liked it or not, whether it's a worthy installment. Make sure to comment that down below. Don't forget, we will be reviewing Pet Cemetery, Men in Black International, and picking up with the rest of our M. Night Shyamalan reviews. And don't forget to check all the links in the descriptions below. Alan, thank you for joining me. Sure thing. Glad to be back.
All right, listeners, we will see you next week with Pet Cemetery. Alan, thank you for joining me. The thing. Glad to be back. All right. We will see you next week with, is it Pet Cemetery? Yes, because you recorded that one first, right? Yes. Yes, then that's the one that's next week. All right, listeners, we will see you next week with Pet Cemetery.